Welcome back to another certified banger of an episode. Today, I'm going to keep this intro short and sweet. I'm going to get right into it. All right. Today, we have the serial killer on Serial Killer Sunday. We have joining us Keith Jesperson. All right, everybody, a round of applause. Round of applause. He's coming in the door right now. Oh, he's not coming. Oh, that's right. He's locked up in Oregon State Penitentiary. He will not be here because he killed eight people. All right. Today is going to be a fun one. All right. I am. If you're just tuning in for the first time, welcome to the Rainy Day Horror Show. I am Dusty McBalls. I am the certified cougar hunter. Wow. I am the man with balls too big to handle. And, like I said earlier, on today's episode, we are going to talk about Keith Jesperson, a.k.a. the Happy Face Killer. Alright, we made it through the week, now let's relax. Let's get lost in the dark and twisted with each other. Let's go on a journey, alright, our weekly adventure with each other, okay? Now, I'm going to jump straight into it. Hopefully you guys enjoy this episode because I enjoyed researching and doing everything on it. And this is going to be a good one, okay? You probably won't be able to look at smiley faces the same after this episode, okay? So let's jump right into it. Keith Jesperson, the happy face killer. He was born on April 6th, 1955 in British Columbia. Yes, we have a syrup-sipping friend who likes to ride polar bears, all right? He's here. Alright, now Keith was the unfortunate middle child with an older brother and sister and a younger brother and sister. Keith grew up in Chilliwack, Canada before moving to Sela, Washington with his family when he was 12. Now Keith displayed typical serial killer tendencies as a kid. What? Alright, he would torture and kill Cats, what? dogs, what? birds, what? deer, what? any living thing that he could get his hands on that wasn't a human at the time. He was dissecting those motherfuckers. All right. Now, Keith was bullied at his school because now Keith, Keith was a big boy. Yeah, he was a big, big boy. All right. At age 35, he was 6'8 and weighed 240, 240 pounds. Now, this is a big guy we're talking about. Okay. Now, he earned the nickname Igor because of his size and his stature, and he would get bullied for just being, you know, just the abnormally big kid in school, all right? And this unfortunate nickname followed him all the way up until he was an adult. Now, while he was in school, he attempted to murder two of his classmates. One of them was in school where I forgot... They didn't really say what happened, but an an altercation happened, and he ended up beating the living piss out of this kid to the point where his dad had to pull him off. And then the other story was they were at a pool together, and they were swimming, and this one kid held Keith underwater until he blacked out. Now, in retaliation, when Keith came back too, he literally drowned the kid and until he blacked out, And when he was asked about it, he said that he was trying to kill the kid that blacked him out. Now, came from an abusive family. Well, his dad was abusive, and his dad was also an alcoholic. 
And a lot of the times, just because Keith was, you know, a little different mentally, okay, we're not going to judge, well, maybe a little bit, but he would always act out in violence. And when he'd act out in violence or do something to hurt people, his dad would beat him. And his dad would beat him with his belt. Now, allegedly, allegedly, Keith told reporters that his dad tased him one time. Now, is that true? I don't know. But you know how you know how serial killers like to lie and stuff like that and take credit for things. So we do, I don't know if that's true or not. So don't hold me to it. All right? This is all hearsay. All right? Now, Keith's dream, what he wanted to be when he grew up. All right, we all have a dream. I have a dream. Thank you, Martin Luther King Jr. Appreciate it. Now, Keith always wanted to be a police officer. Oh, hell no. And he didn't want to be a police officer, though, to protect and serve people. It was to hold that position of power over everybody. But thankfully, his dreams were shattered in 1990 due to an injury that kept him from qualifying. Alright? And shortly after that, his killing spree started. Now, before we get into the killing spree, he had a wife and three children. Shocking. I know. But he had a wife and he had two girls and one boy and his oldest daughter claims to have seen him murdering kittens. What? Now, we'll get more into that later, okay? So, his first victim was Tanya Bennett. And Tanya was 23 years old, and he met her at a bar. He was then able to get her drunk enough to convince her to come home with him. So, once they got back to his place, he sexually assaulted her, he beat her face in, and he strangled her. And she had been killed on January 21st, 1990. Keith allegedly said that he punched her over 20 times, and by the end of it, her face was unrecognizable. Now, his second victim was Claudia. And it's Claudia in quotations because her remains, when they found her, are still unknown. They, they don't know if it's actually Claudia or not. But she was found raped and strangled in Blythe, California. Keith says that they met at a truck stop where he committed the act and her body was found on August 30th, 1992. His third victim was Cynthia Lynn Wilcox, okay? And she was a prostitute. And he said that she entered his truck while he was sleeping at a truck stop in Tulock, California. And she was murdered in August of 1942. Some of these people, they didn't really say how much, um, like what happened to them. So sorry in advance if it's a little short and it's a little too, eh. Through my research, they didn't really say a whole lot. It was very, very short on some of these people. Now his fourth victim was Lori Ann Pentland. And she was another sex worker who was also murdered at a truck stop. This is going to be a reoccurring theme. Him and truck stops are his perfect place to pick up lot lizards to, you know, take care of his killer tendencies. So she was killed in November of 1992 and her corpse was found strangled and dumped in Oregon. 
Now his fifth victim is Cindy, and she was killed, well, her remains were found in Merced County, California, on June 3rd, 1993. This is another name in quotations, because her name still remains a mystery. He beat her, he killed her so bad that they still couldn't identify the corpse. All right. Now, his sixth victim was Susanna, and her identity is also unknown, but it was confirmed to be one of his corpses because he knew about the tie wraps that were used to strangle her, and she was found on September, she was found in September of 1994. His seventh victim was Angela Surprise, and she met Keith in a bar in Spokane, Washington, in January of 1955. She was allegedly murdered because she couldn't let Keith sleep on a road trip out east. He allegedly strangled her and decided to run her over with his truck to impede identification. Her remains were found in Nebraska, but authorities suspect she was killed in Wyoming. And his last victim, his eighth and final victim, was Julia Winningham, who happened to be his girlfriend at the time. Now, I've let this out until now. Keith and his wife got divorced in 89. So, this is six years after that divorce. I just want to let you guys know that he's not cheating on his wife, okay? And his murder spree happened around the same time the divorce happened. The divorce in 89. His first victim was murdered in 90. The divorce happened in 89. Okay. Just to clarify that he wasn't cheating and doing weird shit with, on his wife. And so Julia was killed in Washington State March 10th, 1995. And the next day her remains were found. Because Winningham's corpse was found and he was dating her at the time... He became, Keith became the main suspect in her murder. When he felt the cops start breathing down his neck, he attempted suicide and it was a failed attempt. So after that, he just admitted to the police that he murdered her. But before his arrest, he wrote a letter to his brother saying, and I quote, And I quote, I am sorry that I turned out this way. I have been a killer for the past five years, and I have killed eight people. His brother would later then report this letter to the authorities, where he would eventually get arrested. Now, Keith received multiple life sentences, but was spared the death penalty. He now resides in Oregon State Penitentiary, making artwork, and if you'd like to see his artwork, it is on Murderbilia sites. Movies and books have been made about him, and there's this one book that sounds very, very intriguing, and it was made by his oldest daughter, Melissa, and it's called Shattered Silence, the untold story of a serial killer daughter, and I just wonder, like, what it, like, what's it like to live with a parent that's a serial killer, like, he probably, I don't know if he, like, from what I researched, 
it didn't sound like he was abusive to his children. I would assume he was just because it was the way he was raised. Now, he was killing cats or kittens in front of his daughter. So maybe that was the way he would get out his serial killer tendencies instead of beating his family. But that would be a very interesting, kind of like the whole Scream and Billy Loomis thing with the with the new screams that are coming out. Like, is it, I wonder how, you know, accurate, if it would actually feel like that, if people knew that, if that's how they really treated you. But let's, we can talk about that afterwards. I want to tell you guys about how he earned the name Happy Face Killer. So Keith earned this nickname because Laverne Pavlinok didn't know how to escape her abusive relationship with her boyfriend. So she took credit and said that her and her boyfriend murdered Tanya Bennett. Well, in 1991, they found her and her boyfriend guilty. But this made Keith very angry because they took credit for his murder. So what did he do? He went to a bus terminal bathroom and in the stall, he wrote every detail about that murder on one of the bathroom stall's walls. And he signed it with a smiley face. Then, in later years, he would send anonymous letters to the Oregon newspaper about his murders, also signed with the smiley face as his signature, prompting a journalist to give him the nickname Smiley Face Killer. Eventually, once Keith was caught, they let Laverne and her boyfriend out of prison because Keith had some of Tanya's personal belongings and he was given credit for her murder. Crazy. Crazy serial killer Sunday. That's the end of the story. He ended up getting, three li- he ended up getting multiple life sentences and he's still alive in the Oregon State Penitentiary, just wasting away. Normally. But, yeah, this one, this, like, I always have the question. Are serial killers born the way they are? Or are they turned into the human that they become? And become, and what I mean by become is, like, you know, going around murdering people, pick kidnapping, picking up prostitutes, whatever it is, just to get that itch off. Or are they just... Like, are they born or made? Who knows? I'm not a licensed psychologist. So, if you are, you can always DM me and tell me, hey, no, they're not born this way. Or, hey, yeah, they are born this way. Like, I I don't know. I like to think, just, I like to think that maybe through a lot of trauma and abuse that it just kind of unlocks a little thing in their brain and then they turn out that way. Because that just makes the most sense to me. But I don't really know. I'm just here wasting away. Well, not really waste. Well, yeah, wasting away, going to work, coming here, talking to you guys, having fun, doing shit that I enjoy, okay? Um, that's going to wrap it up for today's episode. It was kind of short. Well, not really, but... Shorter than the last one. Um, I hope 
you guys had a wonderful week and a wonderful weekend, okay? All right, we made it through the week. We came back for another certified banger of an episode. This one was fun. This one was real. And we're going to come back next Sunday, and we're going to fuck shit up again. We're going to do it all over again. Um, Now, next week is going to be another murder episode, and this one's interesting. It has to deal, I'm going to give you a little bit of a synopsis real quick. A little, a little synop, alright? It's about a woman who kills her husband and cooks him and feeds him to her children. Or, well, his children, from the little glimpse that I got of it. And that will be interesting. Okay, so that's going to be a fun one. And then after that, probably two weeks from now, um, we're going to do the... I know, it's a little bit mainstream. I know, you guys know, I hate mainstream, but I'm doing the Amityville Horror. Because that will be fun. Mr. Ed and Lorraine Warren. Coming to the episode. Coming into the... Coming into the rainy day horror show, ready to just fucking talk, have some fun, even though they're dead, I guess, but yeah, I hope you guys had a wonderful day, a wonderful week, I'm sending you all of the good energy, alright, let's get through this week, alright, remember, I love y'all, stay frosty, stay foxy, and most importantly, Definitely the most important thing in the world, stay safe. Dusty, the certified cougar hunter, and the man with balls too big to handle McBalls is out of here. Deuces. I love y'all. Bye. (laughs) 